like a little I love our disco theme today the last Benny. couple of days I've been on like these theme kicks like I know it's yesterday good yesterday I was like on TV themes you know, know from like the 80s like the growing pains the family matters perfect strangers the shows I grew up to now I'm on 70s because Jimmy wanted to hear 70s day he was there feeling we disco we're feeling a little disco I got your back Jimmy uh, we're doing it doing it doing it thank you to our friends out there our CBS and our CRN affiliates everybody right here on the Dr. Pat show Nigel Barker joining us on the show today. Our theme is a time for heroes. I got to talk about this earlier today. Many of you know Nigel from his phenomenal, phenomenal work, his photography. You know that he's been on America's Next Top Model. Yes, I watched that show. And, you know, what you don't know is about his charity work. However, you got to sense of this when he was on and we were talking about saving the seals and, and, and we featured him. We gave away an amazing poster signed by Nigel. I got to meet him in New York when we were at the Go Green Expo. And the conversation continues. This is a topic for me that is so near and dear to my heart. This is the time for heroes. Nigel, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Let's talk about this. It truly is a time for heroes, and heroes are emerging, aren't they? Well, they are, and, and I think, you know, the Time for Heroes event is an extraordinary carnival, as I'm sure you've let people know. Yep. It's organized by the Elizabeth Glacier Pediatric AIDS Foundation, and, and they have an event in New York called Kids for Kids, which is pretty much the same um, event. And, um, you know, it's a huge fundraiser in order to, you know, this, this uh, organization, this foundation, has the mission of ending pediatric AIDS, and it obviously sounds extraordinarily lofty. But, you know, the face of AIDS has changed over the past decade, especially in, you know, um, Western countries and specifically in the United States. So we've seen a decline in uh, AIDS rate, children being born with HIV um, by up to 90%. You know, last year, it was between one and 200 children born HIV positive. And if you contrast that, that was for the whole year, by the way, if you contrast that with sort of sub-Saharan Africa, where there's a 1,000 children being born every day HIV positive. You realize that there's so much ground to be, that we, don't, we need to cover in, in that part of the world and how, how, you know, how well we've done here. Of course, we don't want to have any babies born HIV positive here, but we don't need any new medicine, any new research. We have the technology right now, and it's, it's really about getting people tested, um, getting them that one pill. That's all it takes is that one pill when they are in labor, um, so it's identifying the mother, getting them that one pill, and then also giving the baby, um, it's like a liquid form of the same pill, just one dose at, at birth, and, and you, you reduce the chance of them being HIV positive by 97%. So it's an extraordinary phenomenon, and we can, you know, literally creating a generation free of HIV is not so much of a lofty ambition, it's just a question of getting out there and doing it. And that's what the Elizabeth Glacier Pediatric Days Foundation is, and a time for heroes is really the heroes are these, these, these young men and women who are HIV positive, who have sort of managed to survive the past 20 years and are out there spreading the word and, and, um, and you know, making people feel you know, good about themselves and reducing the amount of stigma and discrimination there is surrounding this dreadful disease uh, of HIV AIDS. 
You know, people uh, have come together, you know, a time for heroes, the celebrity picnic. Let's talk about that for a minute, because for a lot of folks, Nigel, I think that, you know, we have taken uh, HIV uh, off of our radar. And this is really not a time to do this. There are, you know, children that are in such need right now. And boy, we, we cannot afford to turn our backs to them, can we? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I think, you know, we're at that turning point. I think that, you know, we're so good at reporting bad news, but we rarely report sort of when something good is happening. When I mean something good, as in we have the medicine, we have the technology, now we just got to rally the troops and say, look, everybody, we can all do something about this and stop this sort of global pandemic, which is what it is, um, and, you know, in, in its tracks. But we've got to act now. We've got to, you know, make this difference. We've got to make, make a change. We can't afford for... Uh, our neighboring countries around the world to, to, you know, for their infrastructure to collapse because, you know, certain areas are getting sort of wiped out by HIV. I mean, I visited towns uh, and villages in Africa where there was a sort of 75% HIV rate, you know, which is, you know, obviously devastating. Um, and uh, it was this, we did this in February. We, we actually went with the Elizabeth Clayson of Pediatric AIDS Foundation and um, we filmed a documentary of their work on the ground and sort of globally as, as far as like their efforts throughout Washington, D.C., throughout A Time for Heroes in L.A., uh, Kids for Kids in New York, to Africa to show that sort of an example of Tanzania as the country we picked as one of the 18 countries that they're in and the extraordinary work reaching people as, you know, as, as removed as the sort of Maasai, you know, uh, in deepest sort of Africa as a sort of to, you know, everyday people working in urban environments. You know, it, this illness affects everyone. It doesn't, it's not sort of, uh, only, only doesn't really have to affect just one social strata. You know, and um, in, in Tanzania, for example, uh, a good example of a hero really is the president. Him and his wife got HIV tested. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, um, you know, it helps alleviate stigma and, and discrimination regarding people who get tested. And, and actually, within six months of him being tested, four million people in Tanzania got tested. Prior to that, in the decade prior to him getting tested, only half a million people in the country over a decade got tested. You know, so we're asking people, government you know, ministers and, you know, social figures, celebrities, everyone just to get out there and talk about this, talk about HIV, put it back on the radar, and, um, and, and, you know, because we, we, we have to end this, we need to end this, and we can then end, end it. And we've almost gotten to the place where we think we're, and I'm going to use the term, we think we're immune here. But mm. what's happening, and I think this will show up in the film, and I want to talk about the release of that. Uh, what's happening is we have really put the burden on the children, and yet children carry the stigma of HIV with them. I mean, we still have right here in this country children HIV going to school and really being taunted and traumatized and having real difficulty living a normal life in this country. Now, we're talking about children dying, period, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, things have got better, but at the same time, things are very, very difficult. I mean, you know, it's it's all very well for me to say things are getting better. I'm not, you know, I don't don't live with, with, uh, you know, with HIV on my shoulders. Um, but for young, for young men and women, and I've been to, you know, many sort of groups and gatherings of young people with HIV and listen to them talk and discuss issues and um, discuss going to college, discuss having relationships, discuss, you know, even going to sort of, um, you know, elementary school and, and, and high school and that kind of thing. And, and it, it can be very difficult. At the same time, there is, 
So, you know, there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel for many of them. And, you know, and I think that's just the fact sometimes that there is an option that they, you know, or the opportunity more, I should say, to actually live a life. And it's not just a death sentence, which I think it was for so long. Um, but that being said, you've got, to, you've got to have the support, you've got to have the networks, and that's where I think like, the foundation you know, is there for, for these young people, and, and showing sort of solidarity is, is so important. Let's talk about what it was like for you to be part of the, the filmmaking. You I know, mean... I, I'm such a lucky guy. I, I, I get to use um, my trade as a photographer and filmmaker to you know, not just obviously work in the fashion industry, but so much more importantly for me, do these extraordinary films, and um, whether it be a sealed fate, whether it be going to Haiti and reporting on the hunger and strife there, um, you know, or, or for example, going to, to, to Africa and, and sort of meeting these individuals who are HIV positive in, in you know, all kinds of different sort of remote areas, like I said, in the Maasai to these urban areas. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's so moving. It's so extraordinary. You realize what life's about and you can, you know, you see true pain, you see true happiness, you see, uh, um, people who are just over the moon by the taste of a fresh orange, you know, and you take so much for granted in your everyday life. And, you know, and, and it just it put, it makes, puts everything in perspective, you know. And uh, for me, I think my job is to try and record this and, and deliver it for other people to see and share um, and hopefully just get that, you know, let people know what's going on in the world and let them know not just how lucky they are, but also what we can do to make everyone else feel good about themselves and also learn something from these people who are suffering, yet show so much more compassion than we often do. You know, many people are saying it's really about time. It's time now to visit, to finish Elizabeth's work. Uh, can yeah. you give us a little background about this, uh, about Elizabeth, her work, and why this is so important? Well, absolutely. I mean, Elizabeth is such an extraordinary woman. Um, I mean, Elizabeth Glacier, uh, sort of very sadly, um, contracted AIDS. HIV during a blood transfusion during the pregnancy of her first child um, and uh, unknowingly transmitted it um, to her, her firstborn, uh, Ariel, and, um, and actually still didn't realize she was HIV positive, nor did she know that Ariel was until um, they had Jake, the, her second child, uh, who was also HIV positive, and um, obviously it got passed through her. Um, and... Um, it was only when Ariel started to get very sick as a young child that they realized that she was HIV positive and they realized that Elizabeth was HIV positive and they realized that Jake was HIV positive because it doesn't always, you know, manifest itself as AIDS until later. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, they, 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 very sadly, they lost uh, Ariel and um, that spurred Elizabeth to, 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 to put on a fight of fights, basically, um, to save Jake. And, uh, in, 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 and, of course, at the time, there was... There's really, and then still to this day, it's very hard to get research or any kind of like, really great medicines for children because it's very difficult to, to, to actually really um, do any testing on children as far as, you know, do these drugs work or not. And, and you know, the original AZT and things like that were very harsh medicines and reacted very badly with children. And, uh, you know, the, unless the dose was exactly right, and, of course, children are different weights, different heights, they're constantly growing, the metabolism is very, uh, is very different from an adult. Um, so this affects the medicine in, in drastic ways. But Elizabeth, not just did she go to sort of democratic convention and speak to presidents and speak to the people and rally troops, but she got leading um, doctors and, and um, sort of the top brains in, in, in this world to get together. She got them to sort of come together and discuss and beat out issues and talk mm -hmm. about issues and really change the face of AIDS, especially 
um, for um, you know children suffering with HIV and, and children being born HIV positive and. Um, well, she unfortunately lost her life as well. Yeah, and this is really a call to action. It is time to, fiz- to, to finish Elizabeth's work. When we come back, we'll be talking with Nigel Barker about what the next steps are, very special guest here. And we'll be talking about the picnic itself. You know, why was it that Miley Cyrus decided to turn out for this? We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Are you feeling a little lost? powerless to overcome your challenges? Dawn Stansfield is a compassionate healer and intuitive messenger who focuses on your self-empowerment by examining current day circumstances, whether they are past, present, or future. She offers practical tools to help you overcome difficult situations and move forward in your life path. For a private consultation, contact Dawn today at 425-453-8180 or visit dawnsvision.com. Learn how to help people deal with loss and the grieving process. The new online certificate in bereavement studies at the Center for Integrative Health focuses on the spiritual, cultural, and workplace aspects of loss. Completely online, the one-course-per-month format allows you to complete the certificate in as little as nine months and earn graduate credit from a regionally accredited institution. Financial aid is available. Visit centerforintegrativehealth.org for the National University Systems Center for Integrated Health. That's centerforintegrativehealth.org. Is it possible to change your physical destiny in one critical hour without suffering or willpower? Cat James says yes. Find out what transformed Cat and others as you jumpstart your own journey to freedom from the boot camp body and beauty myths. With pioneering experts and real life stories, Cat will get you off the merry-go-round so you can get serious about self-transformation. Are you ready to be transformed? Catch the Cat James Show Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Learn more at Total Transformation. Have you been baffled by the unanswered questions in your mind and heart? Are you ready to see your life unfold right in front of your eyes? Tap into the power of your inner voice, embrace the wisdom within, and live life to the max with the empowerment psychic, Linda Dickinson. Visit Linda at InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096 for a private session that will help you live life to the max. Listen to Linda on the Dr. Pat Show and call in to connect with your guides. So how many times have you said, I need to quit smoking? How many times have you tried to quit smoking only to fail? How many times a day are you smoking and wishing you weren't? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help you to become smoke-free for life. Take on the habits of a non-smoker, not an ex-smoker. Our clients tell us they simply lose the desire for the cigarette. Become stress-free and relaxed lose or maintain weight at the same time and effortlessly take back control. Andy Castle quit his 15-year smoking habit and has been smoke-free for over a year. Jane Penrod quit smoking after smoking three packs a day for 50 years. Yes, it works. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to have Nigel Barker back on the show. I want to make sure you have the website so you can find out more about him. You go to nigelbarker.tv. And if you want to, you know, tap into the blog and take a look at the, you know, Time for Hero Celebrity Picnic, go to nigelbarker.tv forward slash blog. Check it out. You're going to see pictures of the folks that participated. Nigel is right there with his amazing support partner, his wife, and children. And so this is kind of amazing to see people out there getting involved and taking action. Nigel, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you so much. Now, this is not the only thing you've been involved in. We've had you back. We've had you on the show to talk about a sealed fate. And I would love to get an update uh, on what is going on. The film in itself was at least what you could show of it was devastating. Uh, But hopefully we've gotten some results. Can you give us an update? Yes, we've, you know, I mean, to be honest, it's been quite an extraordinary year. I mean, I I actually started with the Humane Society and and was rallying in in the streets of London as a child of seven, eight years old. And to think that we're still fighting this fight now was, was what really spurred me on to become the spokesperson in the first place. But within this year... We've had uh, the EU ban the import of steel products into the European Union in totality, which is extraordinary. Because if you know, we thought if, you know if we can't stop the Canadians from actually killing them, well, how about if we stop the actual demand for the pelts? And there's nothing, there's no need for them to kill them because they've got nowhere to sell them to. So that's really our next move, and and we've, we've managed to, to, to secure that. And also, um, we've been lobbying that the Russians heavily, and, and Putin earlier on in the, in, uh, in the year banned the hunt of baby seals. Uh, under two years old, which is also fantastic. Um, and, you know, and quite frankly, if Russia can do that, then surely Canada can. Um, you know, you think that's rather remarkable. Um, and, and also, just last week, I was in D.C. Um, doing a portrait of 70, uh, 70, 70 of uh, the nation's top chefs ah. um, who got together in a show of solidarity. Um, and we're talking about iron chefs and what have you. They're all there, and they're, they're all, they've all joined the boycott um, of Canadian seafood. And people, if, if there's something you can do, if you want to help, boycott Canadian seafood. Find out where your seafood comes from and boycott Canadian seafood because it is the Department of Oceans and Fisheries in Canada that directly controls the hunt and issues the licenses for the hunt. And if we apply financial pressure to them, then, that's the, then they'll perhaps they'll wake up and realize that the world is, 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 is you know, paying attention to this issue and we are not going to tolerate it. We're not going to tolerate the brutality of not just seals, any animal, but in this case, seals are, 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 are killed in a manner that, you know, was banned in, in, in the United States over 30, 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, Canada has an extraordinary reputation when it comes to the environment, but I'm afraid when it comes to hunting and the killing of, of, of their own animals, they, they, they fail and they pale drastically. And one of the things you shared, though, as well, was that it isn't simply, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, about a hunting. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I that I wanted to ask you about, you shared that some of these very, very young, what did you say, 11 days old? Yeah, they're allowed to kill them at 12 days old. That's the legal age when the, uh, a seal can be killed. It, it may not be, you know, strictly speaking, a white coat, but they are called at that age beaters and, and um, ragged jackets. Um, and uh, the ironic name beater is because they actually can't really swim at this point. So they sort of beat around in the water, trying to swim a bit like a toddler, a human toddler right. toddles around. And um, but of course they're called beaters, but then, but then then they're beaten to death at anywhere from 12, 12 days old onwards. 
Um, and of course, it's always the young ones that get killed because the older ones can run off and you know can sort of um, swim off. Um, and, but when you when you watch this happen, and I've been there on the ice when the hunt happened and filmed it with my own eyes, and uh, I, I see these animals you know just get bludgeoned to death. And, and sadly, um, the statistics show that over 44% of these animals are actually not dead at the time of skinning; they're just unconscious. And although there are tests to actually make sure that they are um, unconscious. Um, I was there for several hours, and I watched several hundred seals being killed. And I don't think I, when I, when I say I don't think, not even once did I see them do this. Not once did I see them um, do the test. And we've reported the, the, you know, the ships that we saw and everything to the, um, the Canadian government and to the authorities. And, you know, have these fishing um, boats had their license taken away? Have they paid attention? Have they looked at our film and footage? No, nothing. Instead, we, some of the Humane Society people got arrested for being too close to the hunt because you're not allowed to be more than one nautical mile um, within one nautical mile of the hunt itself. So, uh, but there you go. We, we, we do our best. Well, yes, we do. And we have certainly, you know, we have raised the level of awareness around this. And, you know, this is really what we're talking about. You know, you can't even call it a hunt. When you're attacking an 11-day-old newborn anything, how can we even call that a hunt? I mean, that is a brutal massacre, isn't it? That's really what we're talking about. I mean, that, that's the difference between, you know, what we see happening in order to sustain life and what we see happening in order to sustain greed, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I mean, I mean you'll, you'll hear arguments from all sides. One of the arguments that the actual Canadians and the hunters will use is that, oh, no, this is a cull. They don't call it a hunt, they call it a cull. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if we didn't do this, then the numbers of actual seals would, you know, the number of seals would, would sort of um, explode, and there would be way too many. And as it is, they're, they're eating all the codfish, and that's why there aren't enough codfish in the sea. It's not the fact that we are having to be overfishing the oceans and dragging and netting, and that's why there aren't enough codfish. It's the actual seals that are eating them, uh, which is obviously a nonsense, because codfish and seals have survived for thousands, not hundreds of thousands of years prior to our us fishing them and overfishing them. But also, is a perfect example of this, in, in 2006, the ice melted early, uh, two weeks early, and maybe due to global warming. And, um, and, the, and the actual cu- the number that they were allowed to cull was a quarter of a million. Well, half a million seals died that year early because they didn't know how to swim yet, so they just drowned. Um, so there was just all these baby seals just drowned and floating in the water. And then they then continued the hunt anyway and killed another quarter of a million. So how can it be a cull if you can just kill on top of the, uh, more than the number that was meant to be killed in the first place? Yeah, I think they think we're just not very bright people sometimes, Nigel. I, I don't really. I mean, I'm like, hello, we're watching. You know, we know. We're trying to get the word out there. And that's why, and that's why the European Union have banned it. I mean, it's not just like a, a like sort of, like, you know, a, a bunch of animal activists saying, oh, you know, this is extreme, we don't like this, you know. No, we're talking about we've convinced government ministers around the world to back this. I know. You know, so it's, you know, these are intelligent people who agree with us. Uh, Nigel, th- this is a great show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When can we expect America's Next Top Model? Ah, well, a new season will be airing in mid-September. Uh, we just wrapped season 13. Uh, and it's, I think it's probably the most uh, hilarious season we've had in years. Um, and we, we loved it. I mean, I really, I said, I told some of the producers the other day, I, I was, it, I felt like classic old top model, just how I loved it when I first got started. And, and it was, you know, I really had a fantastic time with it. And 
we're about to start shooting season 14, believe it or not, in um, November. So. I do believe it. <laughs> well, I thank you. I love it. And, you know, Tyra has certainly developed something, you know, incredibly phenomenal. I'm glad to, it sounds like we're going to kick it old school here then. Uh, yeah, we are. It is exactly what it is. It's, it's you know, really great characters. Uh, it's that we go to, we have a fabulous destination we go to, and and all kinds of hijinks, and you know it was it was it's really everyone had a great time doing it too. And you, I think you're going to see it. Wow, well, thank you, Nigel, so much for My joining pleasure. us here. We look forward to talking with you again. Let us know if there's anything else that we can help promote forward, so that folks can have a brand new level of awareness. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for too. Wow, Nigel Barker, everyone, right here on The Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, just very simply go to www.thedrpatshow.com. And, you know, go to his website, nigelbarker.tv. Check it out. He's involved in so many incredible things. His photography is exquisite. We actually have personally signed uh, posters that we're going to be giving out here in the next couple months, posters that he has signed. When you see them, you will be so amazingly thrilled. Thanks for tuning us in and turning us on on the Dr. Pat Show. We love, love, love being with you, and we will see you back here next time. Remember, have a fabulous, fabulous day.